Gilles de Reyes, uh, he has some land, some money, an excellent education, an important wife, and is ready to unite all of France or murder children for Satan. But what's the difference? <laughs> Welcome to We Talk About Dead People, a podcast where we pick two dead people and talk about their lives. I'm your very sick host, Aaron C., and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, James D. Say hi, James! Aaron's gonna die! I'm gonna die, like, today! So this is gonna be the last thing I ever do is record this episode, and, like, oh my god, my head is killing me. Yeah, that's, that's sad that this is the last thing you're gonna go out on. Ooh! Yeah. Oh, but if we had you dying during the recording, that would actually oh probably God. bring in some listeners. That would be that would go viral. Podcaster dies on air. Yeah, 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 yeah. to be, and I'll be like, so here's the thing about Andrew Jackson, and then you'll just hear like, <laughs> and James going, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> Aaron. Okay, so it'll, so it'll here's viral. the thing, listeners. Okay, yes. Aaron is sick as a dog. And, way um, yeah, way sick. Uh, fully sick. Uh, <laughs> but because we care about you so much, and we care about this show so much, and we care about each other a little bit, we are still gonna record! Yeah, and also one other thing. Hmm. You know, you know what inspired me, James, to get out of bed and pull my Sudafed balloon head over to the microphone and chain myself down so I don't float away. You know what inspired me to do all that? What? We got another patron! What? Yes, sir! No! <laughs> tell me! Tell me about this patron! A patron oh. of the arts! I will tell you right now, I actually know this guy. <laughs> mm. Okay, that's that's fine. Yeah. Did you did and you force him to give us money? No. <laughs> you know we had to talk about that. We. <laughs> no, I, I. He's. Let me just tell you a story. Okay. About about me and and this dude named Roy. 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 One day, Roy and I decided to go to the ocean, and we drove like four hours to get there. Mm-hmm. And. It's a magical thing. We, it was just like you go through the backwoods of Texas and hate yourself for so long, hmm. and then suddenly things start to clear up and you start to see like little beach-looking houses and shit. But mm -hmm. it's, you're still in you're still in the in the in the bullshit land, right? Right. So Roy and I were driving through that, and this song, uh, Tokyo by I think Dan Kroll came on just as we went up over this bridge uh -huh. and the ocean revealed itself to us mm. and then we drove along the the edge of the ocean with this song blasting and it was like the closest thing to a movie moment that i've ever had in my life it was <laughs> hella awesome wow that is romantic yeah. it was so romantic but uh <laughs> so you yeah. were just driving with roy the boy toy Roy and the boy toy. There's the ocean. Yeah. yeah. And now he's That's giving us money. Story. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> uh, I think this this medium of exchange is illegal in Texas, last time I heard, uh, but... Alright, alright. Fuck off. 
We watched a shark get butchered. It was magical. (laughs) There's just low key, this guy off to the side butchering a shark. And we were like, do we watch or? (laughs) Because it was interesting. You couldn't look away. He's like pulled a shark out of the fucking sea and is like cutting into its chest. And That's the most human thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah. Like literally. Anyway, so with all that. I just I think we should just get into the show because yeah, this is yeah, yeah 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 all right so uh, James guess what what guess what we hope to keep our listeners entertained and interested while we break down these characters from the odd and exciting family that is humanity the way this works is that James and I will do our amateurs best to give a basic account of the major events in these real people's lives. And how they responded to them. We also hope to give a fairly accurate depiction of their individual character, which is much harder to do, but we're going to try anyway. So, James, who do we have this week? Serial killers. Oh, boy. You know, we've tried this before, and serial killers just never work on this show. Well, here's the being... thing. Fine. All right. Shut <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's your fucking line anyway, damn it. All right. Wait. All right. I didn't mess up. Serial killers never work on this show! Well, here's the thing. You may not like covering serial killers, but they like covering you. With wounds. As they murder you. But we've tried to make serial killers funny! It's not funny! It can't be funny! Well, you know what they say. If a serial killer can kill a podcast episode, they'll probably do it again and again. I guess it's really not too different from covering a mass murderer like Mao. Mao! I guess Pickles is sick too, shit. Anyway, that cat must... (laughs) (laughs) He's just this sickly little Mao. (laughs) Okay, I was at... Speaking of Mao, I was at the coffee shop the other day. Mm -hmm. There was a full-grown woman wearing a shirt with Mao all over it. Well, that's that's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is. I, was she? Did she look Chinese? No, she oh, was definitely yeah, a white lady. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, she was a white woman oh, with Mao God. all over her shirt. Okay. <laughs> and like, it, it was decorated. Like he was wearing sunglasses in some pictures, and I think she thought she was cool for having like a anti okay. mega narrative opinion. But Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is the thing. If she, well. It's I, these kids these days and the college and coffee shops, they're wearing these shirts with Mao and Che Guevara and all these other dudes. Soon we'll probably just see Stalin. It'll be Stalin's face on a Christmas sweater, and it's like you're not cool. <laughs> You've got a mass murderer on your shirt, and if I had yep. Hitler on my shirt, people would freak the fuck out, and rightfully so. But right. suddenly, if I've got Mao on my bikini, I'm <laughs> swag, <laughs> and it's uh, well. It, it, you want to hear something funny too? Yeah. Uh, she was like forty. Okay. Yeah. Or I don't, fifty. I don't understand. <laughs> No, like, I don't know how Uh, you get to a place in your life (laughs) where you're like, 
I am going to put Mao on and wear him to the coffee shop. And yeah. I'm going to sit there and laugh and laugh with my friends while I wear the head of a mass murderer on my shirt. Now, I'm sure she's like, I lived in China for 20 years or some bullshit like that. Mm. But for fuck's sake, if you want to start a conversation... Shit, I mean, fucking Christ, Mao! <laughs> You're like wearing the worst person on your shirt. You're celebrating yourself for being so woke that you think that Mao is somehow fucking trendy. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Wow, I think that's... As far as, like, single older women go, the, the oh. stage that is one step further than Cat Lady is just oh. Mao Lady. <laughs> like, literally Mao We all lady. have that neighbor. That's just <laughs> the old Maoist. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, sh oh, shit, dear. dude. It was so, it, it was so upsetting. Mm. It, and my thought was kind of like, I mean, I didn't sit, I wasn't sit, sitting there, like, seething or anything. Yeah. Um, I wasn't like, oh my god, this woman is triggering me so hard. It wasn't anything like that. Right. It was just like, I, I looked across the pa the patio, and there was this woman there with the Mao shirt on, and I thought to myself, like, like what narrative is she buying? Oh, like, I'm, Of course, I believe the story that Mao killed a lot of people, mm -hmm. right? I believe that story because that's what I've read, and that's what, you know, it seems like the historical record attests to. Right. Um, and it's also is consistent with the pattern that, it, that goes along with dictatorships, especially in communist dictatorships. Yes. So, like, I'm, like, wondering what the hell she's reading that's saying, like, Mao was actually Jesus. I mean... Yeah. What am I missing? <laughs> like, I don't um, know, man. You should go back and ask her. Uh, it was a couple days ago. I'm Gosh. sure she won't be there. But if I ever see her again, I'm gonna kick her right in the fucking face. Oh Jesus! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, so that kind of fucked up our sketch. That little rant there. That's fine. So we're actually covering Ed Gain. Gain. Gone. And somebody else, but I don't know who else, because Aaron is writing the script, and he doesn't know who I'm covering at the time of writing. So what I'm saying is that we don't have a script. No script. No script at all. Wait, wait, James, do you hear that? No, what am I listening for? Listen, that's the sound of the bullshit police. I don't hear anything. Well, that's too bad! Shall we go down to the history lab? I think it's time! <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> The other, I have no fucking clue, because I still don't know who James is covering. I'm handing out trigger warnings like the dog catcher hands out euthanasia. Oh yeah. Thought I'd start dark, that way you can't get mad at me for not warning you. <laughs> so, James, mm -hmm. tell me. Mm. You know what? Never mind. What? Uh, I'd just prefer to start the show, thank you. Wait, what's the matter with you? I think you should know. You're the one who did it. 
What the dick are you talking about? Don't think I don't know, and don't think I didn't tell your mother, too. Okay, this is bullshit. Computer, please bring up Ed Gein and whoever the fuck I researched last night. Uh, what, what the hell, James? I'm the one who brings up the computer. The future is now, old man. Okay, so, Aaron, tell me, what is Ed Gein best known for? I don't know how it's pronounced. If it's Gain, Gein, Gain, I'm gonna say Gain, though, because that's how I was reading it in my Get that Gain on, bro. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Ed Gain is best known for being a fucking freak. Oh, gosh. He'll fit in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, what did this freak look like? Ed Gain looks like your uncle, mm. except he's an alcoholic from Wisconsin and could really use some flapjacks. Oh, dear. This is a man with eyes deader than the actual dead eyes he pulled from corpses. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, Jesus. Yeah, just right out the gate. I'm telling you, like, okay. th this is your warning right now. Like, we are going dark. Should, should we Should we do a quick trigger warning? Like, an official one? Uh, yeah. Probably. What is this? This is your... What? I I'd say mine is about a 9 out of 10. Mine's a... Mine's an 8. Like, okay. I, I would say I would say mine's an 8. Mainly because, like, I ch deliberately chose not to pick, like, the worst one. Right. Because there was some fucker from Russia um, who I was reading about. It was like, he killed, like, 55 people. And the shit he did to them was unfucking believable And, like, Gain, Ed Gain is a nutcase and sicko right. at that. But, like... Holy fuck, he didn't yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, well, so, so there's your trigger warning, you socialist hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> fuck <No>. off, liberals. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you about that uh, that joke at my uh, at Thanksgiving? Oh, no. Uh, oh, yes, the, uh, yes, you did. We were playing Quiplash. I can't remember what it was, but I just put, like, it was, like, the worst people to have over on Christmas Day or something, and I just wrote liberals. <laughs> And everybody in the house voted for that one. <laughs> oh no! Oh dear. But not but not everybody in the house was like anti-liberal. No, I know. It's just a funny joke. Yeah. Right, right. Yes. And I was I was surprised it got everyone's vote because <laughs> you know some people can be some people can be a little sensitive, like yes. our snowflake listeners who need trigger warnings. But yeah. I'm serious. Like I get the trigger warning thing. I get it yeah. because especially with shit like this. You gotta have it. I didn't finish describing what Ed Gain looks like. Oh, please do. Yeah, okay, so he's got like a 5 o'clock shadow, but it's more like a 6 o'clock shadow. Oh. Right? Because it's thicker. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's got ears big enough to shovel dirt from a fresh grave and scoop dead people out of the ground like an excavator. Okay. Alright. Yeah, with his uh, ears. Alright. That's great. So, what is your guy who I still don't know who the fuck... Who's All your guy? Right. Yeah, my guy, I picked, and again, I don't know how to pronounce English, never mind any other language. So, Gillis <clears throat> de Race. You mean Gillis de Race? Yeah, Gillis de Racist. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Gillis de Race is what I'm going to okay. call him. I know that's not correct, but... I don't know. It's got this nice English feel to it. And he fought the English. Okay. So it's like, who's got and the final laugh, fucker? <laughs> <laughs> so what is Gillis best known for? Gillis is best known for being a medieval child killer. Oh, fuck! Yeah. Yeah. Thus the 9 out of 10 for the triggerness. 
Yeah. Why are we doing a serial killer episode, James? Well, I believe we had a, a listener or a couple listeners go, you know what you guys should do? You should cover more serial killers. And we were like, <laughs> nah. <laughs> and then he was like, well, I'm going to kill you if you don't. And we were like, okay. And um, <laughs> this is a cry for help. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're in his basement. So yeah. thanks, uh, Chuck. Please. I don't know what his name was. <laughs> Who was it? Yeah, well, well, I mean, jokes aside, and you know, it's pretty hard to record when you've got a dog collar on your neck and you're chained to the wall. But we're here anyway. True. I was going to say, um, we usually don't cover serial killers because it's too fucking dark to make jokes about. And yeah. <laughs> we tried it once with Charles Manson, was it? Yeah, and we had and to stop. <laughs> we had to stop because we were not feeling it. And we did H. H. Holmes too, and that still felt kind of gross, but. Yeah. You know what? If every other podcast that's not the Joe Rogan experience can be about true crime, then we can do it too. <laughs> yes. Because there's not enough true crime podcasts. Mm. <laughs> never, never. Uh, I true. mean, you've got, everyone's got an episode in H.H. H. Holmes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, I'm done. Sorry. I quit oh. right there just because you predicted a rant and uh, I done. did. That's fine. You nope. can rant, but nope, no rant. We got to find out what uh, Gillis looked like. All right. Well, he lived like a million years ago, so we really don't know. But okay. a 19th century painting of him has him looking pretty fly in some plate armor. But oh. he has a stupid haircut. Also, he's a murderer <laughs> of children. So that's Jeez. all I've got. <laughs> wow. Uh, shit. Well, I kind of so far. I kind of like him. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't want to... Someone's going to take that clip and put it at the end of the show. Uh, <sighs> yeah. No, I, I'm just kidding. I'm just, just kidding around. Just kidding around. Oh! No! No! <laughs> we need to mark that. I'm in a different state of mind. <laughs> I'm on a different planet. Okay, you should just beep, just beep that out. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure something out. Okay, okay. Because yeah. that was hilarious, but I don't know if we can do that. I'm not in a good place, James. That's all right. Let's just let's just get through Ed Gaines' early life. All right, all right. So let's talk about Ed Gaines' early life. All right. <clears throat> yeah. And I just want to say, okay, lad, get ready, because this gets fucking nuts right away. Mm-hmm. All right? All right. Ed Gain was born in 1906 in Wisconsin. Jesus! Yeah. And he was born in, like, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, meaning he was born in what's known as La Crosse County. Mm. Which, if you don't know where that is, it's right across the midsection of the state and all the way to the left. Why does that matter? I don't know. It's like the muffin anyway. top of the state of Wisconsin. That's just exactly right. It's fat, just beneath punchy. the muffin top. Yeah. No, no. I was trying to figure out what Wisconsin looked like because it looks like something, and I've decided it looks like a like an alien, like the profile of an alien oh, yeah? from the side, mm. and with a big pointy nose shooting straight up. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now you're never going to be able to look at Wisconsin again without seeing a massive head with a massive. Nose. I never look so, at Wisconsin, but go on. Uh, I was looking at it last week, and it is so ugly. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I fucking hate that state. Except for Milwaukee. Milwaukee is chill as fuck, but yeah, Milwaukee the states nice. like. Yeah. And I've I've been to Madison once, but I was like five, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, Madison, so- <clears throat> Madison. What about Madison? It's Madison. What? 
You've not. Oh my gosh. No, we it's just- not. You're fucking with me. It's pronounced Madsen. No, I think so. I I'm ninety percent sure. Oh no. Because I all right. I can't. I can't Google it. I don't have internet. You better do all it. All right. I'm Googling it. Let's figure this shit out because we're talking about Wisconsin and it's important. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Okay. Um. Well, this says it's Madison. But here's the thing. I lived in Kenosha, <laughs> which is like the armpit of Wisconsin. Yeah. And everyone just said Madison. And I was like, oh, I love the city of Madison. And they were like, what the fuck? Say Madison, you little Illinois bitch. I was like, okay, it's Madison. If you mispronounce a town name in the north, you're basically a Confederate soldier. I mean, <laughs> pretty much. Being real. Yeah. So, yeah, he wasn't born in Madison. He was born in Plainfield. Okay. And here's the part that's that you're going to love, okay? Mm-hmm. He never fucking left. <laughs> okay. Not one. surprise me. Yeah, okay. Um, well, already we've got all the motives for any murders he'd ever commit. Okay, well, let's be real. Okay, if you're living in the North, you've either got alcohol problems or you're depressed as fuck, mm-hmm. or you have both. Mm-hmm. Um, because, my God, the winters are horrific. Yeah. Like, ugh. I forgot how irritating it is to have the sun go down on you at 4.30. Yeah, or earlier. Or earlier than yeah. that. Like, oh, God, I got back to Texas and I was like, thank Jesus, I can go outside and the sun's still out. Mm. And when I wake up in the morning, it doesn't feel like I'm getting up at 5. Yep. But anyway, I'm f- I'm in a ranty mood today. I think it's part of being sick. You just get angrier. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. But anyway, so <clears throat> Ed was born in the midsection on the left side of Wisconsin. And he had one older brother mm-hmm. um, who was about five years older than he was. Yeah. And this boy's name is Henry. And this ah. is important. Trust me. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we got Ed and Henry, sons of a man named George, who is known for giving his sons boring names. Um... Not really, but if you're named George and the only names you can think of are Ed and Henry, you deserve to be laughed at. That's that's true. (laughs) Anyway, so George was married to a woman named Augusta, Hmm. uh, who hated his ass because he was an alcoholic and couldn't get a proper job. Heard that one before. Okay. And I was was reading a a book about this, uh, and, like, George had it. Like, he had real problems. The guy couldn't hold down any job. He... Tried to own a grocery store, and eventually his wife had to take over, and she was no, you know, she was no, uh, what's the joke, I guess, um, she was no nice person, let's just put it that way. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like she was this nice, you know, sweet girl who was just accidentally married to this horrible alcoholic, you know, she came from wealth, um, but she was fierce as hell. Yeah, you know, um, that makes sense. Wouldn't put up, wouldn't put up with shit, and you know he knew that. And I'm like, why the fuck did they get married? I don't. Know. <laughs> That's but, true. Whatever. Yeah. Wait. Uh, she was described as like a, a like a square jawed, angry, you know, tough, no nonsense kind of woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like this was. <clears throat> She was she was tough, but anyway. So that sounds why like a lot it. of people out in the out in the country, and I don't really mean that as a joke. It just you got to be tough to live out there. So I don't know. Yeah, well, she she came from German ancestry too. Oh, that's true that's too. Worth, so. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Augusta's married it to George, and they're not getting along again because he's an alcoholic and can't get a job, and yeah. she's just she's a freaking stick in the mud. Um. Mm. And it's interesting. <laughs> I don't know why why that dynamic plays up, but. 
Augusta is pretty much a main character in this story, which sure. is why I'm spending so much time on her. Okay. Um, so anyway, like, what is... Just just answer this question for yeah. you, okay? Mm-hmm. What's an alcoholic asshole and his stupid family to do? Yeah. What do they, what do, they do? Answer the question. Oh, 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 it's a question. Um, it's a question. Shit, I've never been asked a question before. Uh... Uh, troubled alcoholic family, um, uh, they should move into, uh, next to, uh, a Wendy's. Because yes. th- that's all who I ever see in, inside Wendy's. It alcoholics. Alcoholics and troubled families. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Mm. Unlike Burger King. <laughs> always fresh, never frozen. <laughs> They have no chill, and they're always fresh with each other. That's There you go. Yeah. Wow. Okay. No, but actually what you're supposed to do when you have an alcoholic father, mm-hmm. an angry mother, and a troubled family, the first thing you need to do, okay, is yeah. get yourself an isolated farm in the countryside and move there. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, James, mm-hmm. <clears throat> in your experience... Mm. What happens to troubled families that isolate themselves on massive farms in the countryside? Uh, well, first they go on and on about how social media is evil, but then uh-huh. they eventually give in and they create a Facebook account for their whole family. So it'll be like the Robinson family account. <laughs> and then they post like really annoying statuses about, look, our sheep just gave birth. Merry Christmas. And you're like, I don't even know which Robinson you are. There's too many of you. <laughs> like 15 of you and all your names start with B. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> so the kids grow up weird and the parents get weirder and everything just goes to hell. Sure. <laughs> right. On this farm, uh, Ed and his brother worked the lands with, his, with their parents. Sure. Okay? Yeah. So that's Ed and Henry working the land. Mm. And they did go to school, but that was like the literally the only time they got to spend off their parents' land. Oh, dear. Like, throughout their childhood. They just couldn't fucking leave. Yeah. Uh, outsiders and visitors to the farm were almost always turned away by mom, uh, who was extremely religious and scared of the world. Go figure. Yeah. Um, probably in part due to her husband's alcoholism and general bad behavior, but... Before she got married, she was yeah, this way too. Sure. So, yeah, uh, she just got worse. Uh, it seems when yeah, she had kids. That makes sense. And it's, I guess from what from what I read, she didn't. She didn't. Okay, like mm-hmm. this is this is straight from the book. All right. Mm, yep. Um, she hated sex. Like that was like the worst thing for her. Hmm. Um, it was a. It was a. I mean, it was literally for her and her opinion. It was just something you had to do to have kids. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. And so, like, the only times that she ever allowed George uh, to do his Georgian um, was when she wanted to conceive. Oh boy. So that's the only reason she had kids. She and she wanted a daughter. All right. Really, really badly because she fucking detested men. Oh. Um. Yeah. And so when she had two boys, um, she actually despised them. Yikes. Um, because they weren't girls. So there's that. <clears throat> it's in the book. I, I can't remember what the book I think the book's called Deviant. I'll cite it later. i bring it up again. Hmm. Um, so Augusta, their mom, uh, Ed's mom, would often preach to her sons about the evil world outside the farm. 
She would speak evocatively of the innate, despicable nature of humanity and all the evils that existed in normal society. Um, she also told the boys that drinking was bad, though I'm sure they could tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one more thing. One more thing, all right? Mm-hmm. She also told her sons that all women besides herself were prostitutes or instruments of the devil. Oh. oh, Yeah. Hmm. Ain't no way this could go wrong. No. Right? Like, <laughs> no, no, no. hey, That's, kids, hmm. did you know all women are prostitutes or instruments of the devil? I remember that Barney no. episode. <laughs> he sang a nice song about it. Uh, no, but, like, imagine telling that to your kids. Yeah, that's not good. Uh-uh. N- no. Like, <laughs> uh uh-uh. no, sir. Like, hey, all women except for me are, are like, worthless and horrible. And, and she didn't just tell them once. She, like, harped on this shit. Sure, like, yeah. She They're hated, raised on it. She was so... She hated other women. She hated men. So, I, I mean, you know, that's... Make of that what you will. I mean, I'm telling you, if you want to read a book about this woman and how awful she was, go read Deviant by, mm. I think it's Stephen Schechter or Henry Schechter or something. Okay. Harold Schechter. My mistake. Um, yeah, it's 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 bad, dude. Mm, yeah, it bad. sounds bad. Yeah, <clears throat> but it wasn't all bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> she had the boys read the good book on a daily basis. Good. <laughs> and they worked their way through such wonderful things like strictly verses about death and murder and hell and divine retribution and all the other great things that a boy needs to grow up and have major social problems and irrational fears. Yeah, this is making a lot of sense and we haven't even gotten to yeah, the this, stuff. <laughs> it hurts to read because you're like, these are fucking innocent children at a certain yeah, point. Yeah, for sure. And some psychopath passed it along. So anyway, not trying to drum up sympathy yet. Not trying to do that at all. Right. Um, but the way this ends is pretty much correct. All right. Okay. So we'll get there. So by all reports, the results of this was that Ed Gein or Gain was shy in school. Mm. Uh, go figure. Mm-hmm. He would laugh randomly in class at jokes that no one could hear. Mm. It was a shit show. Yeah. But surprisingly enough, that didn't stop him from making friends. Oh. Okay. Except that he didn't, because every time he tried to do so, his mom punished him severely. Jeez. Yeah, so oh. no friends off the farm, no, no, nobody to talk to except for me. I'm your perfect mother. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Number one thing, this lady, married to an alcoholic or not, seems to ha- be something vaguely resembling a nut. Mm. And also horribly controlling and kind of a nightmare to live with. Yeah. Like, I can't even fucking imagine. You're on this farm alone, and your whole world is your mom, and she detests you. Yeah, I that mean, is... Jesus. Oh. So I, I, <laughs> I took a little excerpt from the book Deviant by Harold Schechter. It's a, it's a well-written book. Okay. <clears throat> and I didn't read the whole thing, obviously, but I recommend it. Um, here's a story from... Uh, from Ed Gaines' childhood. Okay. <clears throat> Quote, He remembered the time she had put a few coins in his hand and instructed him to go to the German bakery a block from their home to buy a loaf of bread. This was when they were still living in La Crosse, so he couldn't have been more than seven. Hmm. Somehow, by the time he reached the shop, the coins were gone. For a long time, he just stood on the street corner fighting back tears, terrified to go home. When he finally did find the courage to return and confess his voice convulsed by sobs, she looked down at him with a mixture of bitterness and sorrow that never failed to fill him with the deepest self-hatred. You dreadful child, she had said in a quiet, heartbroken voice more awful than any scream. Only a mother could love you. 
Oh my god. Yeah, pretty horrible. Okay, yeah. Um, great childhood so, abuse. Yeah, yeah great uh. stuff. You know, she was she was reported being verbally abusive toward the children, just awful. All right. Yeah. But also like so good at being manipulative toward her kids that at least one of them basically worshipped her. Right. And that was Ed that was Ed Gain. Um Good. So he's just living on this farm with mm. this crazy lady and her alcoholic husband. Mm-hmm. And from what I read, it seemed that Ed was absolutely obsessed with her. I mean, he just loved her well, to death. how could you not if that's the only interaction you have? I mean, I, I guess besides from your brother, but she'd be so domineering that <sighs> it makes sense, I guess. Yep. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he loved her to death, idolized her even. Hmm. Um, even though she was obviously not good for him, um, of course, when a parent decides to try to turn their kids into their own personal worshippers, weird things start to happen. That's true. And I, I don't know if you've seen that in your life, but I've seen it in mine. I've seen a lot of parents do that, and that is super fucking weird. Yep. And you and I mm-hmm. are probably thinking of the same people, <laughs> because we know a lot of them. That's the, that's yeah. the truth. Yeah. And their names are... <laughs> just kidding. Joe Biden. Um, Uh, so yeah weird things are starting to happen on this farm Mm. and uh, we'll learn all about it when we get to Ed Gaines adult life okay hey quick question can we uh, can we take a quick break because somebody's in my house Um, what the hell yeah I don't know of anyone visiting so I'm just gonna go pause real quick and then we'll get back to serial killers once once one takes me out (laughs) No, actually, there's no one in my house, uh, and I could have sworn I heard footsteps above me just about four minutes ago. So wow. that's great. I I, I want to take this uh, this opportunity while your house is haunted mm-hmm. um, to call out our top listeners. Oh, there we go. All right. So number one guy listening to our show is Sith Psychopath. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. And number two, Sophia. Number three is Asim. <laughs> Interesting. Sophia um, and Asim. All right. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Shannon. Shannon. She's, yes. She's been with us from the beginning. She has. I think Shannon was the first person who started listening to our, our show that we didn't know yeah. personally. Uh-huh. It's true. And she's been with us from the beginning. Which yeah. I don't know how she found us, but I God have bless no her. idea, but we love you, Shannon. <laughs> so then our next next listener is uh Josh from Indiana. Oh, what a guy. <laughs> the avocado baby. Um okay. which is Randy one, I think. Dylan LaRue, mm. Everett, and Omama. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Al Sadiq. And then the last guy who's been listening all to right. us. I assume it's a guy. And the last one is Hey, it's me. Oh okay. Well. <laughs> so yeah. What That's a, our top listeners this week. What a motley crew of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Can't rip themselves away. <laughs> We love you. you know, we love you, boys and girls. Since we're talking about it, let's let's go to our, our top cities as well, real quick. Ooh, our top right. cities. Our, our top country. Top countries. Top countries. Yep. Right. Number one, United States, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Last seven we're days. the best, of course. Number two, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying we're <laughs> okay. I, I all I want is for. We talk about dead people to be played in the palaces of the Shahs of Arabia. <laughs> Actually, that'd be pretty terrible. Their royal family is a nut, a nut bomb canoe. But I, 
I don't know anything about that. And I would say, James, please don't insult our Saudi Arabian listeners. They are our second top country. <laughs> oh, that's true. Well, um, yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got Saudi Arabia and then the UK. Nice. Then Canada, Germany, Norway. Norway! Norway. Denmark, India, Sweden, Croatia, South Africa, Australia, Costa Rica, Peru, Ireland, Philippines, and Serbia. (laughs) Okay. Those are our top countries for this week. Wow. And that is that. Okay. That is that. That's Um, that's, that's encouraging. Yeah, pretty freaking great. The show continues to grow and spread like the plague that it is. It is a plague. But anyway, I think we need to get back to this. Uh, we need to get to Gillis de Early life. Early life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All right. Have you ever I've... seen Doctor Strangelove? Yes, I have. Okay. I was watching. I was watching clips from that the other day. That is a genius movie. I used to hate it, but it is oh my so, God, good. so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Great. Great movie. Mein Führer, I can walk. It's the last line of the movie. So good. Yes. All right, sir. <laughs> Spoiler on. alert. So, uh, yeah. our story begins sometime late in the year 1405. But if you want Damn an actual it. date, I can't give you one, you little shits. 1405 <laughs> is all you get, because it's the medieval times, and time hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> anyway, our boy Gilles de Race was born just like every other child in the medieval times. Without appendages and full of the plague. What the fuck? (laughs) No, that's a joke. He was born in a castle, just like every other child. Every other child, yes. Yes, he was born in the castle of Chambotosé-Soloré, which belonged to his parents, (laughs) Guy II de Montmorency-Laval and Marie de Creon. (laughs) Yeah. Why does your French sound like Italian? <laughs> What's the difference, okay? <laughs> oh, God. Well, I could make it's a It's not joke, Italian because I'm, not, I'm make... not using my hand motions, okay? It's French. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, all right, carry on. <laughs> and I can make fun of the French because I am French. Little teeny We're bit. all little French. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Napoleon. <laughs> Anyway, uh, early Genghis Genghis (laughs) Genghis Genghis Napoleon Dablolian. All right, all right. So Gillis was born in a castle. Yeah, and early life was good for little Gillis. He didn't die as a child. Uh, He was taught how to speak and read Latin. He trained how to read manuscripts and also trained to be a soldier. Then, uh, because it's still the medieval ages, both of Gillis' parents died when he was ten years old. Okay. Mm, Yeah, so there's more childhood trauma. (laughs) Yeah, and so he and his brother are placed under the care of their grandpa, Grandpa Jean de Creon. But, old Grandpa Jean de Creon was a schemer. And he decided to arrange a marriage for Gillis to a girl named Jean Penel who was to inherit one of the largest and richest estates in Normandy. Okay. That was, that was a little Normandy. German, because I've only heard Normandy in a German accent. Anyway, uh, the problem was... Because of all the old war films, I'm thinking about the longest day. Normandy. Normandy. Jean has a long mustache. 
You've never seen that movie. You don't get these references, do you? <laughs> Jean has a long mustache. Yeah, that's the code. It's the code from the beginning of the invasion. It's a huge scene. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you were just saying random shit so you could use your accent. That sucks. <laughs> well, that, that's not... Yeah, that, I do that a lot. Uh, right. Anyway, uh, so his grandpa's trying to marry him to this rich girl. The problem is, is that she is four years old. So uh, the what? plan falls what? through. <laughs> okay, she's they're not, four? They're, they're not getting married when she's four. It's an arranged marriage, so they're just making right. the plans. Um, right, so she's just, like, betrothed. Yeah, but still, that's okay. that's pretty early. You've still got, like, womb goo on you when you're four years old. <laughs> God, that's a biological term. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> Grandpa tried again to marry her to a rich lass from Brittany, but that also failed. But the third time was the charm, and our boy Gillis was married to another rich girl from Brittany in 1420 when he was 15 years old. So now he is married at 15. At 15. At okay. 15. Well, yeah. I gotta say, I'm turning 25 in about a month. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be ready to be married at 25, baby. <laughs> yes, that's true. And, uh, I mean, you're ready, obviously. You're so ready to get married. Right. <laughs> yeah, we, we should probably take up this opportunity, actually speaking of, uh, to remind our listeners that James is getting married in January. Oh, yeah. And he may have to take a short hiatus in order to, you know, be married. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> I don't think recording on my honeymoon would fly. Um, yeah. I haven't ruled it out, but probably not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'll find somebody else to be on the show. That's fine. Uh, That's okay. Yeah. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And then James will be back. I will be, be back. Better than ever. Absolutely. Yeah. And he will. He will have. He will no longer be funny, and he will be wearing sweater vests. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I will change considerably. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> you know what didn't change considerably? What? Oh my good French lord! Do you know what time it is, Aaron? It's time oh. for the Breton War of Succession! Oh no! What the fuck is that? Actually, it's not. What? It's you not. Um, see, that ended a few decades before where we are now. Oh. But, tensions are still high in Brittany. And for those of you who don't know, Brittany is that little dick that sticks out of France uh, in the northwest <laughs> corner. Um, anyway, so Brittany, uh, things are, tensions are high. Uh, there's a bunch of tricky politics here, but what's important is that 16-year-old Gillis, who recently moved to Brittany to marry his wife, he helps secure the release of an important duke whose name is not important. So oh. Gillis was rewarded with all sorts of land and money by one of the alliances. Um, he's was making this like friends. a like a rescue mission or some shit. I think he just he just talked to the the captors and was like, "Bro, Damn that's it. not cool." <laughs> yeah. All right. All I don't right. know. There's not much information. Yeah. So he's still he's still pretty lame, is what I'm gathering. Uh, yeah, but he's he's about to spread his wings and fly. All right. Yeah. Oh god. So, okay. so here's the setup. Gillis de Reis. Uh, he has some land, some money, an excellent education, an important wife, and is ready to unite all of France or murder children for Satan. But what's the difference? <laughs> uh, wow, those are two very interesting options. I wonder which one he'll pick. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. Is that it? 
that's all for this early life. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. So, uh, do you want to take a break, or should we just move right into Ed Let's Games? Let's just move right life? into Ed Games early life, man. Adult life. Uh, adult life. We've yeah. been fucking that up all day. All right. <clears throat> so when we left Ed Gain, he was being set up for success by his domineering mother and his alcoholic father. Oh, God, father. Mm. Uh, father. Living on a farm in the middle of nowhere, being taught to be afraid of literally everyone, right. and aging into his mid-30s oh, dear. without ever having left town and pretty much never leaving the farm. Oh, dear. But do you know what time it is, James? I don't. It's time for World War II! Oh my god. No. <laughs> the worst of the two world wars. What, was it? Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Are you dying over there? Not anymore. Not anymore. Alright, cool. Alright, now that I'm properly nauseous, mm. uh, <clears throat> I just want to say that it's 1940. And in 1940... Ed Gain is 34. Okay. Nice um, which means he's, he's, he's eligible to be drafted. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. And I'm not sure why he wasn't, but he wasn't drafted. Okay. I did a little digging, uh, but not much. Mm -hmm. It's possible that he was able to defer conscription because his family owned a farm, and there was a labor shortage coming into the 40s. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> what? No, oh, yeah. The labor shortage. <laughs> Because yeah. there were all the men were dying <laughs> in yeah. war, uh, kicking Nazi ass. That's uh, true. Not in 1940 though. No. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> food production was obviously vital to the war effort. Sure. And even though the U.S. wasn't directly involved in the war, yet everything was ramping up. Hmm. So I'm not saying well, that's why Ed Gain Gain wasn't drafted. I'm just saying that it's a possibility. Sure, that's fair um, enough. But I mean, let's think about this for just a second. Like, yeah. if he had been drafted, things might have like would have drastically changed for him. Yeah. Um, he might have had a chance uh, at being pulled out of his little world. He might wake up from this depressing nightmare that was his life. Um, but it didn't happen, and it didn't happen to his brother either. Oh, that's kind of sad. It is kind of sad. I mean, it's horrible to say, but, like, it might have been better for him to go to war than stay home. Actually, it probably definitely would have been better. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because um, he would have been pulled out of this little mom cult. He would have, I mean, he might have been killed on the line, but who knows? I mean, he ended up, well, what he ended up doing, it would have been better for him to be killed on the line. Right. Um, so, yeah, the war is raging during this period. Uh, in 1940, Ed's dad dies mm. from his alcoholism at 66 years old. Not surprising. And as, as a result, the farm almost immediately fell apart. Mm. Um, Ed and Henry started to work around town doing odd jobs and whatnot, and times were very tough. But sure. Ed and Henry, uh, though Ed was considered a weirdo by most of the community, they did all right during this time. Okay. All right. So the people in town, despite being a little leery of Ed, seem to believe that the boys were trustworthy. Um, yeah. This, yeah. Yeah, this makes sense so far. I mean, we've we've all met those boys. Yeah, those weird dudes who yeah. just, like... Eh, eh. Which is us so one of, <laughs> in our community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the odd jobs that Ed did a lot was babysitting. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, that's right. People left their children with this oh. man. Mainly because he got along better with kids than he did with people his own age. Okay, again, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, and on top of this, Henry, Ed's brother, actually started dating. Hmm. Um, and Ed was afraid of dating. He was afraid of all other women that weren't his mom. Sure. Right. Go um, figure. Yeah. But Henry was dating this uh, single mother of two, which, um, or divorced mother of two. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, 
like that was a big no no, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially to Henry's mom, who thought one all women were you know horrible devils, tools yeah. of the devil, um, and. But, you know, this woman's divorced, and she's got two kids from another father, and it's like, mm. Henry, I'm sure, caught the shit for this. Oh, I'm sure. Um, so he was, I mean, it didn't take him long to, like, decide to move in with this new girlfriend. It was like, I'm off the farm, bro. Yeah. And it seems like once he got off, he got off the little plantation, so to speak, um, the, you know, mental slavery or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, he started to, like, wake up, and he wanted to try to wake up Ed, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem was Ed was basically too far gone. Mm. Um, in fact, it, whenever Henry expressed concern about Ed being a little too attached to their crazy mother, um, it, it, like Ed would get emotionally hurt. Mm. Like he was, he was shocked that she he could say anything so awful. Like you know, just couldn't, couldn't. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like he well, was, yeah. it was a, it was deep. It was like talking ill of someone's god. Well, these are the, I mean, th- these are the only two people that Ed probably knows on an emotional level is his brother and his mom. And so if one attacks yeah. the other, <laughs> oh god, yeah, I just um, joked on a cast you. All right, wire. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so Ed was like indoctrinated into this cult of mom, mm. right? And. The fact that his own brother questioned her divinity really would hit him hard. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this this goes on like this for like four years, right? So from the time their dad dies, Henry moves out and is doing all that shit. And, right. But then in the summer of 1944, Henry actually dies. Oh, geez. Uh, what happened was this. The brothers were doing a controlled burn in the marshland on their property. Mm. And we're not sure how, but the fire got completely out of hand at a certain point, And the fire department had to pay them a visit. Sure. <laughs> Uh, and uh, fu- story time. <laughs> what? What? Do you remember when you and I almost burnt down your sister's farm? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> How do you ah. not remember? Oh yeah, I remember now. Yeah, because it it didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen, but it almost happened. It, uh, it definitely got that. out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> Want to tell the story? Um, I mean, we were just burning a ton of hay, old rotting hay, uh, and we wanted to do it in a controlled fashion, but that only went that way in about, for about two minutes, and then it, uh, it spread, and we lost complete control of it, and there was so much smoke, and you were wearing the only smoke mask, so I, uh, aged my lungs about 40 years that day, <laughs> um, <laughs> And we were so worried we were going to have to call the fire department because this was, it was a big fire and there was so much goddamn smoke. We were like, the the neighbors are going to definitely call the department. Anyway, after like an entire afternoon of fighting this, this kind of controlled fire, but not really. And then smoking our lungs out. Um, we finally got it under control. And then your sister who had been inside the entire day had no idea that it happened. So, um... (laughs) Aaron's sister, if you're listening to this, this is probably the first time you're hearing about this, and we apologize. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, her boyfriend is definitely listening to this. Oh, that's true. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. how's it going, man? <laughs> it's all good, Sorry right? about the farm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, I, see, I thought you were going to tell the story about the time we saw the Hobbit firefighter. Oh, no. <laughs> you remember that? Yes. <laughs> I, I, across the street from James's apartment, 
there, somebody set off an alarm or whatever, and the fire department came out, and we were like looking out. There's all these big burly firemen, like walking around trying to get this thing solved. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, <laughs> this extremely, I mean, very very short person walks out, and it looked like they were wearing like the wrong size of equipment. Yeah. Like they didn't have anything small enough for them. So <laughs> I don't know what it, was going on, but it looked. It was, it was just like. It looked like an enemy from Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, there's this fire. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And the firefighters came and took care of the fire and then left. But then when they were gone, Ed reported to the police that Henry was missing. Mm. So a posse is formed that very night and everyone goes out looking for Henry. Yeah. And they find him dead, lying face down in the mud, a victim of heart failure. Mm. His head was reported to be bruised, and some suspicion was thrown Ed's way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Remember, Henry was the prodigal son, right? According to the narrative that was being built by his mother. Henry was outdating this divorced mother of two, and speaking against her, um, he was corrupted by the world, right? That's probably the way that they saw it. And um, anyway, so him dying in this fire made everyone a bit suspicious. Right. Um, So some really do suspect that Ed had indeed murdered his brother, Mm -hmm. uh, but the investigation was never really opened, so we don't really know. Sure. Yeah, and there was no autopsy either, so there's that. Yeah. So now it's just Ed and his mom on the farm together. (laughs) Oh, God, okay. Having experienced two major deaths and also still firmly entrenched in their beliefs about the impurity and evil of the world. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, Ed's mother had a stroke at a certain point and also watched her neighbor beat a dog to death. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, this is important because while said neighbor was killing said dog, a woman who was not said neighbor's wife tried to stop said neighbor Uh coming out of the house and screaming at him to stop fucking beating the dog. Oh, God. So Ed's mother was watching all of this, um, and she was, but she was, like, deeply upset. She didn't, she saw this happening. It's just horrible. Yeah. Um, but not the dog. Like, she wasn't upset about the dog being beaten to death. Okay. She was upset that this woman, who was not the neighbor's wife, was even present on his property. Oh, God. Okay. She shouted at this woman over the corpse of this fucking dog and called her a harlot. Oh, Just for being there. Yeah, Uh. so... Nasty old lady. Mm -hmm. Not fun. No. Um... And then she had a second stroke and died four days after Christmas in 1945. Okay. So think about this, all right? And just just try to envision this shit, because this is... Ed is alone on this farm. Right. His brother is dead, his father is dead, and now his god is dead. Yeah. He's grappling with these facts just about as well as anyone might, right? Mm -hmm. But he's doing it all alone on this creepy farm in the middle of nowhere. So, like, imagine imagine doing that for yourself. Like, you're not crazy, but your mother's dead, your dad's dead, your brother's dead, you have no family, mm-hmm. you're on this farm, you've never left, you're scared of the world, what do you do? I don't want to know. <laughs> you, you fucking hide out, man. Yeah. And you drive yourself slowly crazier and crazier. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, he did manage to scrape by, working the farm by himself and making money as a handyman. Mm-hmm. But when he's alone, he's a different person. Um, He boards up all of the rooms in his house uh, that his mother frequented. Mm. Uh, He boards up the whole upper floor. He boards up the parlor. He boards up the living room. 
they stay as they were when she was alive, oh, preserved God. for her, it seems, in case she were to come back. Uh, this is getting really creepy really fast. It's, get, it's getting really fucked up. All right, yeah. so then he moves into a tiny room beside the kitchen and just degenerates, yep. right? Um, he's unable to experience any kind of normal level of emotion. Um, his sentences are just deadened by this mm-hmm. awful life he lives. He starts reading about all the classic shit you do when you're when you're alone and you're going crazy. Mm-hmm. You start reading about death cults and cannibalism mm-hmm. and the greatest evils committed by the freshly defeated Nazis. Oh dear! I mean, this guy just grows fucking dark. Yep. And I, when I was reading about this, I just had this this. I wanted to do a picture of it, but I. I haven't drawn anything in years. Um, but I just had this picture of this gangly man with dead eyes, like slumped on a kitchen floor, surrounded by these magazines and books. Ugh. And there's like this black dust, like coal dust floating around him. Yeah. And like everything he touches turns to dust and darkness. Mm. And soon he's turning to dust, dissolving away until all that's left is this malformed beast. Yeah. And even that continues to fade. It's like, shit, that's what it feels like when you're reading this. Yeah. Um, so he goes on like this for 12 years. Oh my god, okay. Yeah. And then on the morning of November 16th, 1957, a woman named Bernice Warden disappears. Uh, here we go. Yep, well, we're getting into it. We're getting into it. <clears throat> so she owns a hardware store in Plainfield, um, but the store didn't open up that day. Mm-hmm. Um, some reports say, someone reported that the uh, store's official truck had been seen leaving the building at about 9.30 in the morning. Hmm. And then Bernice's son, a deputy sheriff on the Plainfield Police Force, starts to wonder why his mom's store is still closed. Oh, dear. So he goes in and finds the cash register open and blood on the floor. Later, he would tell those working on the investigation that he had been in the store the night before, and Ed Gain had been there. Oh, dear. Um, And he had said to to the hardware store owner that he'd be back the next day at about 10 o'clock to pick up a gallon of antifreeze. Mm. And on the counter, when this deputy sheriff, who is the son of this woman, walks in, on the counter is a receipt for a gallon of antifreeze. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Ed Gain was almost immediately arrested and brought in for questioning. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Good. the police went to the Gain farm to see if they could find anything out about Bernice. Oh, dear. And they found her. Oh, God. Um, I won't get into de- too detailed a description because that just no. Uh, I saw a picture. I wish I hadn't. Um. And we'll just say it was no ordinary killing. Yeah. <clears throat> and far as I'll go is, in the words of one who was there on the scene, hopefully not her son, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. um, Bernice's body was dressed out like a deer. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, for what it's worth, mm-hmm. she was dead before she was cut up. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I mean, that's, um, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Ed, Ed had shot her with a twenty two rifle before mm-hmm. going to work. Um, and... Yeah, obviously this was a pretty shocking discovery for the cops in this sleepy little town. Mm. Uh, but then they searched the house. No. Okay. Ugh. And I'm going to say it again, but here it is. Trigger warning. Yeah. All right, this is, this is, yeah. I, I left some shit out. I'm not even, I didn't even. No, I'm okay, sure. Whatever. Uh, yeah, so investigators discovered human bones littered about Ed's living quarters. Mm-hmm. They found a trash can, chair coverings, and fucking leggings made of human skin. Jesus. There was a lampshade made out of a face. I've seen uh, a picture of that. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Uh, I hadn't seen that picture. I didn't see that picture. Thank Jesus. Yeah. Um, the man had skulls on his bedposts, bowls made from skulls, 
women's skulls with the tops sawn off. They found Bernice's head in a sack and her heart in a plastic bag. Mm. They found another woman who had gone missing, a tavern owner uh, named Mary Hogan. They found her skull, and they found her face tanned and stored to be used as a mask. Oh, God. And that wasn't the only one, either. He had several masks made from female faces. Mm. Um, He had a vest made of a torso skin, uh, a woman's skin, so, Mm. yeah. Um, He had a pair of human lips on his window shade drawstring. Jesus. Uh, and he also, this is like this shit, like, okay, he had an absolute plethora of literal female anatomy and some really, really fucked up shit in the way of that. Uh, Uh, but I don't want to touch that. That's, that's for another kind of show, my dude. We're like, this isn't us, you know? Uh, so anyway, here's what the investigators do. They take all this shit down to the lab, photograph it, and then burn it the fuck up because it's cursed, man. Yeah, good for that. Gotta get rid of that yeah. shit. Yeah, that's that's what they did. That's what they felt was, I think, the decent thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so the detectives go to Gain and they're like, oh, okay, man, we know you're basically just a super fucked up dude, but like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so Gain tells them the story. Oh. He says that between 1947 and 1952, he went out about 40 times to three local graveyards to dig up bodies. Jesus. He said that he was in a daze whenever it happened, like he was watching it happen, but he couldn't do anything about it. Hmm. Uh, sometimes, however, he said he was able to fight himself out of this trance and go home before doing anything fucked up. Yeah. Right. So about 10 times out of the 40, he did do something fucked up. Uh-huh. Um, he dug up the bodies of women who looked like his mother, <laughs> took the bodies home, tanned their skin, and made his creepy bullshit. Yeah. Um, hmm. So, yeah, when I was reading this, I'm like, fuck, he killed a lot of people. But he didn't. He was just a fucking body snatcher. Mm. I, uh, which is, yeah, what the shit? You gotta be in a pretty fucked up place to do something yeah. like that. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I just literally can't put myself in this guy's shoes. Because mm-hmm. nev- I've never been that crazy. No. Like, I've nearly driven myself crazy a couple times. But never, like, I'm gonna, I think I'll fuck off to the graveyard and dig up a body. Like, yeah. oh. Like, he, he left his... One time, he, he was... And the trance thing is kind of interesting, because, like, one time, he dug up three coffins, and he popped one open, and took the body, and then left his crowbar in the other coffin, mm. and then, like, couldn't open any of the others, because he couldn't remember where his crowbar was. Mm. Um, something like that. So, it's like, the trance thing... I don't know. Weird. So, <laughs> fucking crazy. Wow. So, uh... Police, let's see here. Yeah, so he he dug up these bodies, and police went and checked out the graves he described and discovered that, yes, indeed, Gain had robbed these graves. But why? Oh, no. According to Gain, he wanted a woman's suit. Oh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> That's right. It's Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, well, is that... Buffalo Bill, or is that the guy? Yeah, Buffalo yeah. Bill. Yeah. Gain had decided that in the absence of his mother, he must become her. Oh, um, or as he put it, literally crawl into her oh, skin. That's so that's fucked up, but mm-hmm. God. So when Gain was talking about all this, the sheriff got so fucking mad, he grabbed Gain by the head and smashed him face first into Jeez. a brick wall. Oh. Which is not good, because it literally made, made all of Gain's testimony inadmissible in court. Yeah. Because now it was you know an officer attacking a, somebody who's being interrogated. 
Um, the sheriff would later die of heart failure right before Gaines' trial. Yeah. Um, he was traumatized by Gaines' crimes and was afraid of testifying about smashing his face into a wall. Right. Who wouldn't be? Oh. Wow, that... Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is not what he signed up for in this sleepy Wisconsin no. town. Jeez. Yeah. Um, huh. So anyway, that's where we're going to stop. Okay. And I'm going to go stick my head in a bucket of bleach. Okay. Hopefully to purify my mind a bit. There we right? go. Yeah. All right. That's that's what we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> well. So, yeah. Do you want to take a break or should we just carry on? Um, let's just let's just carry on and get through this <laughs> bullshit as fast as we can. <laughs> it's so funny because people are requesting serial killers all the time. I don't get it. I don't I don't either. It's like, I mean, fine, fine. We give the listeners what they want, but Jesus, God, like <laughs> So I'm like checking over my corner. Like, or my yeah. shoulder, I mean. Like, this is... I'm creeped out. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking creepy. Ugh, all right. Ugh, humanity, man. Humans can be some pretty awful things. I, That's true. I don't know. Well, should we talk about Sorry. more awful things? Yes, we shall. Tell okay. us about Gillis of France or whatever. So, when we last left Gillis de Reims, he was becoming a somewhat established dude in Brittany. And this is actually quite swell because, uh, oh my potato harpsichord, Aaron! Do you know what time it is? It's time for the oh. Hundred Years' War. <laughs> I don't think uh, we've had that one uh, yet. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, yeah, Hundred Years' War. Okay, yeah, I don't think we've had it yet, but here it is. You know. I I, see, I would like to scream like you do on the show, but I live in an apartment building, and I think somebody would report a murder. That's true, yeah. And we have yeah. enough murderers so, on, the, on the show right now. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're, we're, It's all good, honey. We're good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so the Hundred Years' War was a very complicated war that lasted for a very long time, and it was fought mainly between England and France. And Got it's it. actually been going on for this entire story because it's a fucking 100 years long. Actually, it's even right. longer than that. It's like 116 or something. Um, but so anyway. Why did they call it 100 years? It sounds better. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it does sound better than 116 years more. Yeah. Does it? Yeah, it know. does. Yeah, it does. Anyway, uh, so Gilles <laughs> de Reyes quickly joins the war on the French side, and he just goes crazy in combat, uh, doesn't show any sort of care for his own protection. Uh, he just, just goes out there. Uh, and in one battle, he actually capture, captures an English captain named Captain Blackburn. Which is not ah. important at all, but that is such a cool name that I had to include it. Yeah, thank you for including it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Gillis's, uh, his warfare tenacity gets him noticed by a gal you may have heard of. Joan oh. of Arc herself! <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Yeah, Joan of Arc. The Joan of Arc, who's also fighting in this war on the French side. So, uh, Gillis joins Joan of Arc, and they fight alongside each other several times. Um, and he's even present at the important ba uh, battle, the Siege of Orleans, which I'm sure we'll cover when we tell Joan of Arc's story, eventually. Someday. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, because of his growing importance as a military leader, Gillis was chosen to be present at the consecration of Charles VII as King of France, and was also All made right. a Marshal of France. So, pretty big deal stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he even got to add the Royal French Fleur de Lys symbol, 
as a border <laughs> around his coat of arms. You mean the fleur de lis? It's flower day lice. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because nothing reminds me of France than a bunch of lice crawling around day old flower. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. God. Anyway, the the point here is he's he's a big deal in France. Like he's a he's a war okay. hero. Um, he's helping France fight the English out of their territory, and he's being praised for his quote high and commendable services, and for confronting <laughs> many great perils and dangers. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could get that. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Somebody, like job title faces great perils and dangers. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's, if that's not in the job description, then I don't want the job. That's true. <laughs> it's a, it's definitely right. in this job description. Yeah. Oh yes. Anyway, uh, then Joan of Arc. Hey, you was... know what, James? What? You know what? What? I'm getting fucking nauseous. Okay, so. Oh dear. Just oh. so you know, my condition is worsening as we continue. Can you here. throw up on the air? <laughs> Please. I might when we when we get to these crimes. Okay. Um. Well, what do you want to do? I, I want to keep going. I'm just letting you know oh. I might jump up at any given point and just like... Okay, perfect. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, on. the person who's not jumping up right now is Joan of Arc <laughs> because she's okay. being uh, burned at the stake. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And Gillis, although being her friend, was not present at her execution. Yeah. Coward. Uh, then his grandfather died. Uh, and his grandfather, oh. angry that Gillis liked spending money on all sorts of useless crap, left his sword <laughs> and armor to Gillis's younger brother instead of him. Oh, mm-hmm. oh shit! Which was a, which was like okay. a big deal back there when he still had swords and armor. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. Anyway, okay. so Gillis kind of left military and public life around 1434 and started pursuing other hobbies like murder. <laughs> But not yet. Why? Not yet. Oh, okay. Uh, first, he constructed a magnificent chapel. The Chapel um, of the Holy Innocents. <laughs> the Holy Innocents? Yeah. What yeah. is that? I think it's named after uh, the biblical story of when King Herod kills all the little boys trying to get Jesus. Um, the, the cruel historic irony of this is that... Oh, no. Yeah. He's going to be killing a bunch of innocents soon. Oh, God. It's kind of horrible. Yeah. Wow. Um, but for now, he, he built a chapel, and then he officiated in the chapel with robes that he designed. So What? Yeah. Weird stuff. So now he's, he's a church man. He's a churchgoer, yeah. He's also uh, an art student because he puts on a <laughs> giant play. Uh, and this play, this is no ordinary play, okay? This play has yeah. over 20,000 lines of dialogue, 140 um, speaking parts, and 500 uh, extras. What mm. the fuck was he thinking? That's French, man. That's the French for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and for this play, 600 costumes were constructed for, for each performance and then discarded only to be made again for the next performance. So they didn't even reuse their costumes. That, I mean, I'm not fucking surprised, but yeah. there, you know. Yeah. 
Uh, free and unlimited food and drink were also given to the spectators. They just had to All ask right, for All right, I'm in. I, I, I want in. <laughs> Get me there. Yep. Get me there right now. <laughs> yeah. I will sit down and watch your 20,000 line play right now. <laughs> uh, the problem with this is it cost a lot of money. So Gillis no started <laughs> selling off all of his land until he had pretty much only just two tiny castles and a few estates his wife ran. Uh, only which, two castles only and a few estates. Yeah. It's sad. Oh, um, but okay. this had an effect on the extended family, because uh, Gillis was making them all look like idiot spendthrifts, and he was ruining yeah. their financial situation by selling most uh, of the land that the family had. Um, so, the family does the only, uh, the only right thing, and they go straight to the Pope, <laughs> and they ask the Pope to help. And the Pope refuses to help, because he's like, <laughs> just... I'm not going to fix your family problems. Uh, so they instead went to the king of France. And the king of France... I mean, he's the next guy down. That's true. He is. It's true. And, uh, and it works. The king of France issues a royal edict that proclaims basically that Gillis was terrible with money and was now royally banned from selling any more of his land. Wow. Yeah. So as Different a result... times, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, because of this, Gillis's credit plummeted, he was heavily in debt, and he had to sell all sorts of, like, books and clothing just to keep his creditors off of him. It was not, not great. Damn. Yeah. So, what's a man to do who is in, who is heavily in debt, but also a war hero? Eat Mao's mango. I don't know. That's, well, that's true. But also, <laughs> join the occult. Oh, fuck. Of course. So basically, Gillis just sends out a guy and says, J look, just bring back to me anybody who knows alchemy or how to summon demons. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. You just call in your butler, go get all the wizards you can find. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, and here's the thing. Because this is in France, it did not take long at all for this guy to bring back some, like, demon summoners. So, uh, <laughs> so these wizards and necromancers, they move in. <laughs> and, and move they, in. <laughs> they're having a slumber party, and Gillis basically, oh. <laughs> he starts studying dark magics with these guys. And it's not long before he wants to summon his first demon. <laughs> Hold up. Hold the uh, fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm so damn slap happy right now. <laughs> I'm having, I'm having fucking mood swings on the air. Um... So he's got all these wizards living in his house, and they're trying to summon a demon? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they're they're in the basement. They just finished playing Mario Kart, so now they're trying to summon a demon. It's just a classic, <laughs> classic slumber party. Um, so they're, in, in the perfect, perfect way, they're down in the basement of the castle. It's probably storming outside, yep. And uh, one of the one of the dudes, he's like, "All right, we've got a demon named Baron, who we're going to try and summon." And Gilles is like, "Yes, good, summon him because I want to make a contract with him." Uh, anyway, so this, yeah, that's all it said. So they start a ritual, and it doesn't work. And they okay. actually they actually try three times, and no demon pops out. So huh. it's not good. <laughs> And then, so this guy, this demon summoner who's with Gillis, 
Uh, and he, he claims to know how these things works. He goes, Ah, you know what we're missing? The demon requires the flesh of a child. That's why he's not appearing. Oh. Which, of course, was just a... Right. He's like, look, I've got myself in a, a bad situation. Uh, no demon a appeared. Um, oh, flesh of a child. I'll just bring that up. Well... Yeah, like, there's, there's no way this could make things worse. Right. <laughs> so Gillis just turns around and pulls out a glass jar that's full of the flesh of the child. What? Yeah, just out of nowhere. He's like, no. oh, okay, yeah, let me grab that. <laughs> and the, the demon summoner's the like, wait, what the hell? I didn't think you'd actually have it. Yeah. Uh, oh. But surprise, surprise, the demon still doesn't show up. Yeah. Oh, man. So now this whole experiment... Only shows up for fresh food, like, basically Chef Ramsay. <laughs> yes, pretty much. It's fucking frozen! <laughs> yeah, so the whole... Occult Look at it! <laughs> So, the whole uh, occult slumber party, it fails, um, and no demon pops out. So, Gillis is now angry because he's super poor, and he's got no demons to chill with. So, right. now we get to the part of the story that everybody has been waiting for. Murder! <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. All right. Sit down. Buckle in. I'm sitting down. Take a deep breath. Uh, a couple disclaimers real fast. Number one, okay. this story may not be true at all. Okay. It also may be completely true. There's there's actually a lot of evidence for both possibilities. So oh God. we just okay. don't know. Uh, but I'm going to tell the traditional story, and then we'll get to the complications uh, when we get to his end and death. But number right. two, okay, this story is horrible as fuck, okay? Uh, like, right. this story turned me into a little soggy snowflake maggot. Um, no. but seriously, there's some fucked up shit, and it's, well, we're getting to it right now. Alright. Okay, are you ready? I'm, bra I'm bracing myself, All I got right. my bucket, so if I need to vomit, I'll oh, just go right, right there. Alright, so throughout the early 1430s and later, things were starting to get weird in the provinces that G Giles Gillis still ruled. Namely, okay. uh, little boys were starting to disappear. God damn it. And, like, a lot of them. Um, and they're never found. And, uh, and also Gillis and the authorities in the regions, they don't really show any interest in finding the lost children. So you can see where this is going. Oh no. Anyway, so what happened is this. <sighs> Somewhere, uh, through fighting in a war, losing all of his money, and being disappointed by the occult, Gillis started to abduct small children, mostly boys, but sometimes girls as well. We don't know how exactly this happened, but we do know one uh, in one case that sheds some light on the abduction process. Uh, so one of the missing boys was a boy called Judon, who was an apprentice to a furrier. Not a furry. Okay. A furrier. <laughs> an uh, apprentice to a furry. Yeah. What do you do? I don't know. <laughs> Wash the... <laughs> what? Oh my god. Marking... <laughs> So he's an apprentice to a furrier. A furrier. Not a furry. No. <laughs> so, uh, on one day, two of Gillis's cousins come to Judon's master and asked if they could be if he could be borrowed in order to deliver a message to another nobleman. The furrier, not wanting to disappoint the cousins who were important, uh, agreed, and the boy Judon disappeared after this. When the disappearance was brought to Gillis and the authorities, they suggested that maybe the boy had just been carried off by thieves. 
anyway, what this shows is that it wasn't just Gillis who was behind the whole thing, even though he does seem to be the organizer. But there were several other people, people who had their hands in it. Anyway, so here's where we get to the nasty stuff. Okay. Um, after a child was captured and brought to Gillis's castle, they were pampered, fed a large meal, and given wine, and then dressed in the finest clothing. Meanwhile, oh Gillis's servants would assure the boy or, or girl that everything was fine and that they were special. Uh, then the boy would be taken to an upper room of the castle where only Gillis and his most trusted associates were allowed. Uh, and this room was basically just a giant torture chamber. Um, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, it was in this room that Gillis leisurely tortured and killed the children. They were first hung on ropes and then Gillis masturbated watching them struggle. Uh, oh! Yeah. It, he, oh! he seems to have gotten a lot of sexual pleasure from just watching the struggles. It's it's disgusting. I uh, can't... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details, but you can pretty much put two and two together. There was torture, there was sodomy, um, and then he would end it by killing the children through decapitation or dismemberment dismemberment or horrible things like that. Uh, then he would cut apart their bodies, save the best-looking limbs and heads, uh, and then begin the process again. Holy fuck. Yeah. And then uh, at the end of it, the bodies were burned in a fireplace and the ashes were thrown into a moat. So, really what? fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, not, not, oh man. Now, I, I will say really quick, remember our episode three with Elizabeth Bathory and how yes. she did some really horrible fucking things, but it sounds slightly made up and then we kind of found out, oh, it probably is made up. Yeah. It might be that case for this guy. It also might not okay. be. Yeah, because this, 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 now let's just be clear about this. I'm not making a case for either, but. Yeah. It does sound like the classic perfect storm, like PR nightmare. Yeah, um, from back in the Middle Ages, because like we talked about this, with, like Orbain Grandier, like they accused him of all this shit about demons and garbage like right. that, and like, um, and then you know we saw that with Elizabeth Bathory, and it's like, man, if you wanted to take somebody out politically, yeah, um, you just accuse them of co- you know cavorting with demons. Oh yeah. Well, and then yeah. anything with children, I mean, mur- murder, anything, tor- torture, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's interesting, but someone made up the story, or someone did the story. And either way, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thankfully, though, this this murder spree did not go on forever. In 1440, Gillis de Reyes had an argument with a cleric, and then the cleric went missing. Uh, so the regional bishop started to get concerned and conducted an inv- investigation for the missing cleric. Which led him to a farm in Wisconsin. Just kidding. What? what? No, it was no, it was in France. It was Gillis's castle. Well, Wisconsin didn't Wisconsin didn't exist back then. No, 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 no. Literally didn't. Columbus built Wisconsin in That's 1492. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's just as so the they goes. find the cleric. Col- what? I was gonna say in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue mm. and built Wisconsin too. <laughs> Yeah, it's the Doppler effect. It was a sequel. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I haven't heard the Doppler effect in a while. I know, it's been a while. There it is, though. Good old Doppler effect. Always explains everything. So, they find the cleric, uh, who had been kidnapped by Gillis. Surprise, surprise. 
And then they also find all of the horrific evidence for Gilsa's other activities. And now, hold up. Uh-huh. Hold up. Yeah. The cleric was alive? I think so. I, because he okay. wasn't into killing adults. I, I think he just kidnapped the cleric. That was just, you know, classic medieval baron stuff. You know? You... Right, but let me play devil's advocate here real quick. Mm -hmm. It's awfully convenient that he wasn't dead. Mm. Also, mm -hmm. you'll notice that it's the church. That's angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if we know anything about the Catholic Church and France, the Catholic yep. Church uses a lot of political <laughs> scammery, also <laughs> crusades, <laughs> to get, yeah. get their uh, their political goals in France. Um, Albigensian Crusade, look it up. It's, it's fun stuff. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right. So they find the cleric, and they find all the other evidence, blah, 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 blah. And Gilles uh, is immediately arrested, along with a few servants of his. And he's put on trial for murder, sodomy, and heresy. Uh, so the big three no-nos in medieval times. Heresy? I guess so. I mean, he was... I mean, might as well. <laughs> yeah, just pile it on. I mean, <laughs> if you try to play Mario Kart with Baron the Demon, I mean, that's kind of heresy. I don't know. <laughs> I've done it before. Anyway. <laughs> So during the trial, people just come out of everywhere to witness against Gillis. Um, oh my god. But the most popular story came from the peasants who had sent their children to the castle to beg for food and then had never seen their kids again. Uh, great detail was given to the devices and procedures of Gillis, and the descriptions were so brutal that the judges agreed to strike most of these narratives from the record. Which is horrifying, but also a little odd. <laughs> That you're uh -huh. going to get rid of a lot of this evidence. Um, yeah, just odd. Uh, that, and, and, and that doesn't even sound... <clears throat> I mean, that sounds like a, not a legal reason to do that. I don't mean it's illegal, but it doesn't sound like a... Yeah. It sounds like it sounds like moral outrage or moral panic or well, some kind of... It sounds like moral, the... It's, it, it's too disgusting to be allowed to be heard, you know? Well, it, yeah, it's um, like what the cops did with the evidence for Ed Gein. Like, oh, God, just burn all of it. It's so disgusting. Yeah. But this is... That, too. I don't know. This is a little odd. <laughs> just how they're like, yeah, it's yeah. really gross. Let's just get rid of the narrative. No, I want to say one other thing, because mm -hmm. I've been, like, playing Devil, Devil's Advocate here. Okay, so, like, the crazy shit that they're describing is, like, so awful. It's the worst shit you could ever hear, you know? It's, yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's so horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Um, and you want to say, like, there's there's two things, like, that come to my mind. One, like, it's convenient that it's incredibly horrible. Like, it's sure. shocking <laughs> in every way. It's convenient. Mm -hmm. um, but also, like, if that's what happened, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. And here's the other part of that. Yeah. Is when I was reading, researching, you know, generally serial killers just to prepare for this episode, I came across people who, like, literally did this kind of shit and worse. And, yeah. like, it's recorded and it's a lot of the same reason so i am not saying i am not at all saying that like this was definitely a you know political yep. assassination or anything like that i'm just saying it's a possibility but yep. that stuff sh that shit really does happen it it's does horrible, happen but yeah well and the other problem is this happened uh, 600 years ago so it's <laughs> like what do we yeah. do we, we can't do anything about it um but we'll yeah. get into that a little later um okay but what happened with the trial is the court decided that there was overwhelming evidence, and even uh, Gillis himself confessed to the to the crimes. But again, what does that even look like? <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, well, that's why I liked Urbane Grandier so much is that he didn't fucking confess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wouldn't give it to him. Yeah. It infuriated them, but, you know, there you go. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the number of Gilles' victims is completely unknown, but estimates are usually between 80 and 200 children. Um, although some shit. people even put it up as high as 600. Uh, so Whoa. It's, I mean, there's a real possibility that this happened, and if so, this dude's one of the biggest pieces of shit. <laughs> Yeah, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, think of, think about uh, Elizabeth Bathory too. Mm-hmm. Like the victim number just kept going up, and you had people coming in from the countryside. Oh, my girl went up to her castle and vanished forever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we just it's, don't know. It's, it, well, the thing is, like, it has it has the the elements. Yeah. That that uh, you know a sham would have. Yeah. So even if it did happen, like I'm just saying, like it's all there. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Yep. Yeah. Carry it's, on. No, that's it. That's it for his adult life. We'll leave him at the trial. Oh. Yep. He's okay, convicted. Cool. He confesses, and we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, well, uh, shall we just go into Ed Gaines' end in death? There's not much. Let's do it. So when we left Ed, he was uh, basically arrested for murdering somebody, mm-hmm. um, and they discovered a horror show in his house. Right. Um. So they they get they charge him with uh, murder mm-hmm. uh, for murdering Bernice, um, the hardware store owner. Yeah, and he pleads not guilty by reason of insanity, and it worked. Um, he was found mentally incompetent and unfit to stand trial. I, First, he was sent to yeah. What, I don't doubt ahead. that this guy is not mentally no. fit. No. Um, so they sent him to the uh, Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, and then he's moved to Mendota State Hospital in Madsen. Um, in 1968, over 10 years after being charged, Gain was declared now fit to stand trial. I guess that worked, okay. killing a no to a loony bin. Um, and the story was basically this, uh, that Gain told, all right? He said he was looking at a gun in Bernice Warden's hardware store, and because it was the 50s and nobody cared, he was allowed to load a bullet into the rifle. Oh, good. Okay. Which he then accidentally fired and killed Bernice. Mm. And then he says he doesn't remember anything after that. Like, he remembers accidentally shooting her and then just doesn't remember anything else. Which, you know, Who knows? he did go into the trance and that sort of shit. So, yeah. I mean, at least that's what he said. So, I don't know. It may have been the same thing. Yeah. But anyway, so it doesn't matter because he's found guilty of the killing. Um, and then there was another trial to determine if Gain was still crazy. They found that he was, mm. so he was sent to a mental institution for the rest of his life. Yeah. Uh, and Gaines' farm was supposed to be auctioned off, like you do, um, and it had a good chance of bringing in a solid chunk of change because it had just it had become a unfortunately become a fucking tourist attraction. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Um, but some noble arsonist with a sense of decency decency burned the whole thing down before it could be okay, sold. Okay, good. Um, huh. But that didn't stop a bunch of other fucking losers from capitalizing on this in horrible ways. Um, some asshole no- named Bunny Gibbons bought Gaines' car, which, which which he used to haul bodies, Jeez. all right, and charged people 25 cents a head to see it. And 2,000 people showed up in the first day. Wow. And this caused so much controversy that was, Bunny was told he literally wasn't allowed to do that, mm. and it ended up ruining him and his whole show mm. um, because he was an asshat. Yeah, yeah uh, come on. Yeah, that's fucking wrong. Mm. I don't get that. But So Ed Gain died at the age of 77 in 1984, which is great because it means he avoided the horrors of the war with Eurasia. Mm-hmm. His gravestone was chipped away by souvenir seekers. 
Uh, and it was actually stolen completely in 2000. Jeez. Oh, but it was recovered in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, the grave is now unmarked. Um, but he lies between his mother and his brother where he fucking belongs. Yeah. Uh, wow. So, yeah. That's probably the weirdest guy we've covered so far. That dude's fucked up. Yeah. But, like, looking at his story, I mean, it's interesting. Sorry. Shit, man. It's interesting to me that it has all the hallmarks of that, like, a crazy cult leader might have. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, and cults are, like, I would say his, his, it looks like his mom created a little cult. Yeah. With him. That's you know, true. Just a few members. Um, and was so exclusive, uh, which, you know, whatever, but it was so exclusive that when it was actually gone, I mean, you just go crazy. Yeah. Remind me a little bit of Marshall Applewhite with the suicide. That's and, true. You know, yeah, because like their god, the yeah. yeah, their goddess died, and it was like, oh fuck, like, well, she's coming back on a spaceship behind a comet, and we have to be ready, and so we hmm. have to drink all this alcohol and drugs and shit to kill ourselves. And yeah, people do crazy things, huh. crazy, crazy shit. I think. Yeah. So what I learned from that is don't trust any women. Because <laughs> they're either harlots or crazy mothers, right? Yeah, apparently. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Applicability. Uh, according I love to it. according according to Augusta Gain. Yeah, <laughs> jeez, harlots. Yep. Yeah. Fucking creep. All right, so we shall move on to uh, Gillis's. Gillis the girls. Okay. Yeah. So Gil- we- Gillis de Reyes and two of his accomplices were executed. Executed. Executed <laughs> by hanging on Wednesday, October 26th, 1440. Uh, mm. Apparently, he was calm and pious as he marched to the gallows and he told his condemned friends to look forward to salvation. Uh, he was first. Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the first to be hanged and then his body was cut down and buried in a church. Now, here's what? the thing. Yeah, yeah, buried okay. in a church. Um, okay. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was condemned, I, I didn't include this, uh, he was condemned, um, but he was allowed to have his last rites, and he wished to be buried in a church, and they said, fine, you can have that, even though you're the worst. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. These charges okay. against Gillis may be made up, uh, but the problem okay. is that this happened so long ago, we have uh, very little records or evidence left, we can't talk with any of the witnesses, and we just don't know. Like, okay. it's like 50-50. There's, there's no way of knowing. Uh, there are a few things that raise some questions, though. Um, for example, turns out that one of the most prominent prosecutors, the Duke of Brittany at the time, received all of Gillis's land after Gillis was executed. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's kind of sketchy. Also, the fucking Inquisition was also going on at about this time. Um, and there were yeah. quite a few people that this was... Uh, well, a lot of people think that this was all a church plot in order to remove a political threat. Um, mm. And real quick about that. Uh, the story of France, a lot of the times, is the king was in good favor with the, the papacy, but the barons were not. Um and so the uh, as the barons gained more power, the papacy lost more control over France. Um, Got it. And there's a whole... The crusade, the Albigensian crusade, that which I mentioned earlier, 
there are these heretics in southern France, and the, a lot of the barons actually side with the heretics. So the, the papacy calls a crusade against the heretics, but a lot of people think it was more just to defeat the barons so that the king of France would keep his power and uh, the papacy would then keep their power. Um, so, conspiracies! It's great. Yeehaw. Yep. I, I'm surprised that there's no like physical evidence even still existing at all. Yeah. Um, like the torture chamber. Right. What happened with that shit? Who knows? I mean, his castle's still around. You can visit it. It's, I mean, there's, uh, it's, it's kind of in need of repair. I looked at some pictures, but it's still there. Um, I, they might have an exhibit. I, I didn't say anything, but who knows? Yeah. Um, who knows? Anyway, in 1992, <laughs> well, what? <laughs> uh, the Freemason branch in France decided to give Gillis another trial with all of the, uh, source material and evidence that we have today. Uh, further, lawyers, writers, and politicians were all invited to the trial in order to pass a new judgment. <laughs> uh, and they decided that Gillis was actually innocent. Ah. So, great. <laughs> 400 years later. Uh, more than that. <laughs> but the problem with this... The problem oh, with shit. this is that none of the people at the trial in 1992 were medieval historians, and they didn't even think to ask advice from any uh, medievalists. <laughs> Also, it's put on um, by the Freemasons, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's like uh, it's like the Mormon church. Right. Sending Hitler to heaven or whatever. Who knows? You remember that Twitter? I right? do. Hitler yeah. in heaven. Yeah, it's so good. Great to be here. <laughs> uh, whoever put that together was a genius. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, speaking of medieval historians, though, it seems that most today actually do believe that Gillis was guilty. Um, oh. Although the scope of the crimes and his reasons behind them are still in question. So, mm. again, we have no idea. Uh, <laughs> although, Shit. unlike Elizabeth Bathory, it seems most people think he did do some terrible things. Yeah. Yeah, um... I, obviously, I, I don't know. For yeah, sure, I don't but, know if um, we can know. We're just like an introductory course. It, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one last thing, though. Um, oh, okay. Uh, although, so after he died, his only daughter erected a stone memorial at the site of his execution. And this stone eventually became a holy altar under the protection of St. Anne. And for like 350 years, pregnant women came to this altar in order to pray to St. Anne to give them good breast milk. Then the Jacobins destroyed the, the uh, memorial site during the French Revolution. <laughs> I'm not making that up! It's the most French thing I've ever heard. History is so weird. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh man. So shit. There, I guess. So I that that's that's the serial killer episode. Yeah. We did um, it. We did it, and it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it was bad, but I don't know. We it was bad. We left a lot out. So if you're one of those sick fucks who likes to see all the pictures or read all the descriptions, you can do that. Uh, we're not gonna do that here, though. Like Aaron said, we're just not that podcast. Nah, we're not that podcast. That's more like like uh. Sword and scale or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We're, yeah, we're not a true crime podcast. No. Not always. 
Unless you're talking about the truly criminal um, yeah. shirt that that woman was wearing at the coffee shop. That's true. I mean, our podcast is a true crime. Um, it is. But we're not a ongoing. true crime podcast. <laughs> it's an ongoing fraudulent podcast. True. <laughs> crime. True crime. <laughs> now the dog's barking. Yep. 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 Oh, God. Well, if you want to just end here, and then I could record the ending and be like, so Aaron died. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't record <laughs> that at the would moment, because f- my... It's up to you. Yeah, that that would be funny. Um, let's do that. I think you can yeah, nail it. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. You, you go. Okay. You go rest. I'll, I'll send you the files. Hope you feel better. Well, listeners, this is James. Aaron is dying. He may be dead. I don't know. I uh, I left him down in the history lab. I didn't kill him. It It is a show about serial killers today, but I did not kill him. He was just dying of a sickness and had to leave the show. I wanted to record him barfing, but his ego is too big for that. So, we'll just close the show with, uh, without him today. So, so Aaron, what are you going to do for the rest of your day? Oh, I don't know, James. Maybe I'll I'll write in my diary about how awesome my co-host is, James D. Hmm. Excellent idea. What are you going to do for the rest of the day? I'll probably do the same thing, write about how great I am. Now, with all that being said, I think it's time to bring the show to an end for today. Feel free to send all your hate tweets to WTADP Podcast. We'll read all of them and nod along. If you hate us, you're probably right. If you like us, though, please consider funding the show by becoming a patron on Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com slash We Talk About Dead People. 50 bucks, 20 bucks, even as little as a dollar. As much as it costs to buy a new bucket for Aaron to throw up his guts in helps tremendously. Our cover art was created by the extremely gifted Ian Patterson of Ian Patterson Illustration. You can view more of his phenomenal work at www.ipattersonillustration.com. And with all that being said, we'll close out and let the sounds of a Wisconsin farm play you out. How about that, them Packers? Doing pretty well this season. (laughs) 